Right? Um, this is what Jesus says. He says, Do you say of him who the Father consecrated and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God? Um, to which she responded with that argument. And she said, Jesus didn't say he was the Son of God. Jesus said, they said, he said he was the Son of God. Um, and of course that got a little confusing. Um, and I even looked at lots of other things. In Luke chapter 3 and verse 22, uh, when Jesus is baptized... And the, it says that the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and it said, You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. And so we looked at that verse and I asked her, I said, Well, when I was baptized, there was no voice from heaven. Um, there was nothing that said that you are my beloved son. And I'm well pleased with you. And, and I asked her about that. And she said, well, that's metaphorical. That's poetic language. Um, and she said, this is because we are all sons and daughters of God. And I said, okay. Well, I said, Did you, do you still make animal sacrifices? And she said, no, I don't. And I said, well, why not? And she said, Psalms 51, 16 through 17. Where it says, for you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Um, and she said, that's why we, we, we're called to give a sacrifice of our hearts. And I said, well ma'am, isn't that poetic language? Isn't that metaphorical language? And, and she said, well why? And I said, well why is Luke, which is typically believed as literal, it's metaphorical. But the Psalms, which is typically believed as poetic, is literal. And I could tell she kind of, she got a little defensive and, and, and was getting a little irritated and angry. And so I kind of backed off that point. Um, and we looked at many other things. And we looked at uh, the Old Testament and how it points to Christ and all these different things. Um, and at the end of the conversation, we just agreed to disagree. And, and I, you know, I had to give her my little thing. I said, well, do you want to give money to Freed? And she said no. Um, naturally, I didn't think she would. Uh, but it was a great conversation. It was a wonderful conversation. And as I prepared for this lesson this morning, as I prepared um, thinking about the sheep and the shepherd, I thought about that woman. And I thought about that conversation that I had, and I thought to myself, how easily the sheep are led astray. How easily the sheep are led astray. You see, sheep are very innocent and docile creatures. Right? They, they don't do a whole lot. Uh, they just go and sleep and then they, they follow their shepherd out and they, they, have, they find pasture and they eat and then they go back, right? That's all they do. Uh, but sometimes their interest and their desires and, and the fact that they really don't think things through, they just live, uh, gets them into trouble. And it gets them into situations where they're too far away from the shepherd to make it back. And they don't know, they can't, they're lost because of that. They can't hear the voice of the shepherd. The passage that we're looking at this morning is the last public discourse that John records of Jesus speaking. Um, and Jesus is speaking to a crowd and in chapter 9 he healed a man who was born blind and, and that formed this crowd of people who were around him and the Pharisees and, and all these different people and that's the crowd that Jesus is speaking to here. And in this, this discussion here, in this um, topic he talks and he talks about the Good Shepherd. And so as we read this this morning, I want us to think, are we being misled or are we following the Good Shepherd? Let's start in verse 1. 
John chapter 10 and verse 1 and it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of the strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. And so here we read that Jesus addresses this crowd and he uses this figure of speech that some of them don't understand. Uh, And in this figure of speech he talks about sheep and shepherds. He talks about the nature and the relationship between sheep and shepherds. And he notes that the, the shepherd will enter the sheepfold through the door. Uh, But someone who is a thief and a robber will not. They will climb in over the wall. And he talks about these different things. He talks about how the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. In college I had to read a book called They Smell Like Sheep. Um, And Dr. Lynn Anderson wrote this book. And it's a great book and I recommend it for everybody. Not just leaders, but I recommend it for everybody. Um, I think it behooves leaders a little more, but I think it's a great book. They smell like sheep and the whole premise of this book is that as, sheep, as shepherds of the sheep, as, as leaders of the congregation, we are to smell like the sheep that we are shepherding. We are supposed to be around them and exposed to them and help them in any way we can. Like a shepherd would smell like his sheep. Um, And so that's the whole point of the book. But in this book, Dr. Lynn Anderson talks about the nature and the relationship between sheep and shepherds. And he talks about how in Tennessee and really in the United States is a little different, right? Farmers have their cattle and they will, they own the land and their cattle goes out and grazes on their land. Um, But in this book he was talking about how sheep, there might be 10 flock of sheep that go out and they, they find pasture on the same plot of land. Uh, and he talks about how the farmer or the owner of the sheep would own the sheepfold, but he would not own the land where the sheep eat and where they graze and where they find um, pasture. And so he talks about how the, in the morning the, they will get up and the shepherd will lead the sheep out. And they will go out and there might be 10 flock of sheep out there. And then at, they, they'll graze and at the end of the day the shepherd from flock number one will make his noise or he'll say hey you know come on we're ready to go and all of the sheep from flock number one will follow that shepherd and all of the sheep from flock number two will follow the shepherd from flock number two and so on down the line right and they never get intermingled they never get mixed they never I mean they intermingle while they're eating but they never at the end of the day they know which voice to follow they know their shepherd And then he talks about how when they get back to the sheepfold, the shepherd will examine the sheep. He will look at them and he will will call them by name and one by one he will make sure, he'll say, oh, you you have some thickets here, let me get that off. Or or you've been injured, your leg is hurt, Let let me mend that wound. And he would make sure that every sheep was his sheep. And he'd allow them in and then at the end of the day when every sheep was back in the sheepfold, he would lay down in front of the gate. And he would literally become the door for the sheep. And this is, this is not only impressive because it shows us that the sheep who really don't have a reputation for being just the smartest animals, um, it shows us that they know the voice of the shepherd But it's also impressive because it shows us that the shepherd knows his sheep. 
That he might have 300 sheep, but he knows them and he knows them by name. And he cares for each one of them. And he would easily recognize as he's examining them a sheep that was not his. And he would easily recognize a sheep in wolf's clothing. And he would never allow anything into that fold that would hurt his sheep. He protects his sheep. That's what the good shepherd does. Protects his sheep. And that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. And I wonder this morning, if Jesus called us, if he called us, would we recognize his voice? Would we recognize the voice of the good shepherd? The only way that the shepherd smells like the sheep, in, in, in Dr. Lynn Anderson's book there, is if he's around the sheep. And the only way that sheep know the voice of the shepherd is if they're around the shepherd. Do we know the voice of the good shepherd? Or could we be easily misled? This happens a lot, doesn't it? And I remember when I was young, Grandma was watching the news one night, and I have no idea what I was doing. Um, but I heard that this man claimed, claimed to be Jesus, and they were reporting this on the news. Um, and I remember hearing that, and I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, should I follow this person? Is this really Jesus? What should I do? You know, and, and it's almost comical because as a child, you know, that you, th you think those, th those ways. But um, I remember that night when I prayed, I said, Lord, please help me to know if I should follow this person. If this is really Jesus. Do we know the voice of the shepherd? I feel like that's what happened to the Pharisees and, and, and the Jewish people during this time, right? They, they know the prophets. They know the laws. They know everything is pointing to this man. But they don't know his voice. They don't know the good shepherd. Do we know the voice of the shepherd? My first point, and, and the more I've gone over this lesson, the more I think this might be my only point. But my only point maybe this morning is be one of his sheep. Be one of the sheep that follow the good shepherd. I don't want us to miss this point either in verse 4. In verse 4 the text tells us, uh, He goes before them and the sheep follow Him. I'm not going to lie to y'all, life is hard, right? Decisions are hard and the older I get, the, the more my decisions affect other people and the more my decisions impact my own life and my wife's life and, 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 and my family's lives. Um, and I don't know where to go from here. I don't know what to do next, right? I, I, I don't know if I should go all in with, with, I'm trying to do this Jenkins Electric. I don't know if I should go all in with that. I don't know if I should say goodbye to the security of a week-to-week -week paycheck. I don't know if I should, what I should do, where I should go, where my life needs to go from here. I'm not, I, I don't know. But one thing I do know is I know that the, the sheep follow the shepherd because the, he knows where to go. Right? The sheep don't have to know where to go. They don't have to know how to get back to the sheepfold because the shepherd knows the way. And so if they follow the shepherd, they'll make it back. I may not know where I want to go with my life or what I want to do next, but I do know that no matter what, I will follow the good shepherd. 
No matter what, I'm going to follow him because he knows the way. He knows how to get back to the fold. And so I will follow him. This morning, the challenge, I guess, is it, be one of his sheep. Follow him. The text tells us this figure of speech he used, but they did not understand it. And so Jesus goes ahead and he explains it. And let's keep reading here. Starting in verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Verse 13. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. The text tells us that they were confused, and they didn't know what Jesus was talking about, and so Jesus just lays it out for him. He flat out tells him, he says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the door for the sheep. He says, if you want to get to my sheep, if you want to be one of my sheep, you have to go through the door and you have to go through me because I am the good shepherd. So my natural question for us this morning, right, well, we know who the good shepherd is. He just told us. He just told us Jesus is the good shepherd. We know that. But are we one of his sheep? Are we one of the sheep of the good shepherd? When Jesus calls... Do we recognize His voice? Do we know the Good Shepherd? Does He allow us into the fold? Then He continues and He describes how the Good Shepherd will lay down His life for the sheep. He, he sees the wolf coming and He will stand between the wolf and the shepherd and He'll lay down His life. He says the hired hand will run away because He cares nothing for the sheep. I wonder this morning, are we following the Good Shepherd? Or are we following a hired hand? Are we following the world? Are we following the, the dollar? Are we following lust and desires of our own world? Or are we following the good shepherd? Because the hired hand will abandon us. The dollar will abandon us. All these things will cease. But the good shepherd will remain. And he will fight for us. And he will defend us. From the wolves. And now I know, I know this, this figure of speech isn't perfect, right? It doesn't cover every, uh, it doesn't examine every aspect 
of the relationship that we're supposed to have with us in Christ and with us and others. Right? I, I think that uh, a shepherd would be very wary of letting another sheep into his fold that wasn't his own um, for fear of diseases and, and maybe breeding purposes and things like that. Um, but Jesus would accept all sheep that we bring to him. We are supposed to evangelize. And I know this isn't a perfect example, but this is a really, really good example that Jesus used here. This is really, really good because that is exactly what Jesus did for us. Right? He laid down His life for us. The Good Shepherd cares so much about His sheep that He is willing to put Himself in between the sheep and the wolf. Me and Adriana have this little running joke where I, I and it may, some of it, sometimes it's a joke, sometimes I'm serious, um, where I think I could take pretty much any animal. Uh, there's not an animal out there that I don't, I don't think I could take them. Um, I saw a wolf at the zoo once, and they're pretty big, and I don't know if I would fight a wolf for some sheep. I just don't know if I would do that. Um, and and on, on top of that, wolves travel in packs. So I know you fight one, you've got to fight like ten. And I'm just like, you can just have the sheep, right? Uh, but that's not what Jesus did. That's not what the good shepherd does. He puts his own life in jeopardy. Puts his own life in danger to rescue the sheep. Because he cares more about the sheep than he cares about himself. He laid down his life for us. He protected us. He saved us. He spread out his arms wide. He took the beating. He took the abuse. And he put himself in between us and something much scarier than a wolf. In between us and sin. And he said, I am the door. He said, I am the good shepherd. And I'm going to protect my sheep. The question can be asked, why did the sheep come to the shepherd? Right? Why, why when the shepherd calls do they come? And the argument could be made that they know the voice of the shepherd and that's it. But I argue that they come to the shepherd because they love the shepherd. Because they know the shepherd. Because he was there when they were birthed. He rescued them from a hole when they fell into it. He bandaged their wounds. He helped them and he rescued them from the mouths of the hungry lions. Why do we come to the voice of the good shepherd? Because He was there when God formed us. Because He was there when we were battling with addiction. Because He was there when we were recovering. Because He was there when we lost our loved ones. Why do we follow the Good Shepherd? Because He loves us. Because He put Himself in between us and sin. And He protected us and He saved us from the mouths of the hungry wolves. Then Jesus noted something that I really, I really like and I don't want us to miss. At, in, in verse 16, this is what he says. And he said, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. There will no longer be Jew and Greek. There will no longer be white and black. There will no longer be Mexican and Chinese. There will no longer be slave and free. There will no longer be division. There is only Christ. 
There is only the good shepherd and his flock. There is one flock and one shepherd. That means Savannah Church of Christ. That means Pickwick Church of Christ. That means Walnut Grove. That means Sims Ridge. That means Juno. That means all these churches. We are all one flock and we follow one shepherd. We are all a part of the body of Christ. There is no room for racism in the body of Christ. We are one flock, one shepherd. But there is a sad part. There's a sad part to all this. And the sad part is that sheep are easily misled. That woman that I talked to on the phone that night was once one of the sheep. And for some reason or another, she got too far away from the good shepherd. She got too far away from the, the flock and, and she could not find her way back. Many people we know and we care and we love were probably once one of the sheep. But for whatever reason, they are no longer. Sheep are easily misled. And that is why we, as the sheep of the Good Shepherd, we have to be diligent. We have to make sure that we are one flock, one shepherd. We stay united. We stand together. Because the wolves are waiting. They want to devour us. They want to take us out. They don't want us to be united. The world wants us to be divided. The world is looking to Christians for some type of leadership, for something. They want to know, where do we go from here? Are we united or are we divided? Are we one of the sheep of the Good Shepherd? The sad part is that sheep are easily misled. And we have to be diligent to make sure that we are not misled. This morning I want to ask you, do you know the voice of the Good Shepherd? If He called you, would you respond? Could you hear Him? Would you recognize His voice? And on the flip side of that, does the Good Shepherd know you? Would He allow you into the fold? And my hope and my prayer is that everyone, everywhere would answer yes to those questions. But I know that the sad reality is that that's just not true. The sad reality is that sheep are easily misled. They easily stray. And so if you've answered no to either one of those questions, if you don't know the voice of the Good Shepherd, if, you don't, if, the, if the Good Shepherd doesn't know you, if you've answered no to those questions and you need the prayers of the church, whatever you need, please do not hesitate to come as together we stand and we sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, 